Welcome to the Clovercrest Baptist Church podcast. For more information about Clovercrest Baptist Church, go to clovercrest.com.au. Well, today we're going to be continuing our series, Restoring Relationships. And as we've been sitting uh, in this series, we haven't been looking at just one particular type uh, of relationships. We've actually been zooming out to look at all types of relationships, looking at values and qualities that make relationships what they are. And today we're going to be focusing on noticing other people. So I've got a question for you, and the question is this. Have you ever had a moment when someone noticed that you were not okay? I remember it was uh, 2013, and I'd headed off on a lad's hike in the Grampians. And the hike started uh, pretty normally, lots of chat, lots of banter, the occasional frisbee flying over your head. I guess you've got to do something to entertain yourself when you're hiking 14 kilometres every single day. And the hike started pretty normal. But about a a kilometre or two into the hike, uh, I started to feel this niggle in my left part of my quad. And I was just thinking to myself, well, it's a bit unusual. Like, I haven't had a pain there before. I was like, you know what? I'll just just press on. Like, it'll, it'll sort itself out. Don't tell anyone that, you know, you're struggling in any way. So keep uh, heading on. And as the kilometres keep going, the pain keeps ramping. And it started to get to quite an unbearable point. And I remember just kind of hearing the chat around how far we think we have to go. And someone goes, oh, looking at this map, we're probably only a few hundred metres away from camp. So I decided, you know what, I'm just going to keep it to myself. I'm not going to tell anyone about what is going on. We get down to this so-called campsite and we're kind of like looking around and we're kind of like, this is not a campsite. This is not a place to kind of pitch, you know, four tents. Like, this is not going to work. And I have a mate, his name is Doug, and I call him God's gift to mapping because he worked for Parks Victoria at the time. He kind of pulls out the map and he's looking at the situation. He's looking at where we are and he goes, hey, guess what, guys? This isn't the campsite. And I'm like, no, Doug, this is not the campsite. He goes, the campsite's not here. The campsite's all the way back up there. And I remember kind of like all of our eyes looking up to this mountain and not being able to see to the top. And he says, it's just up there, guys. It's just one little walk. And I'm looking at this this mountain going, this ain't a little walk. Like this is going to be a vertical climb pretty much up the side. I knew I was in trouble. I knew I wasn't going to be able to do this task in front of me. So my strategy was let all the other guys go before me. But one mate, he was kindly let me go before him. So I'm the second last person going up. And I remember standing, I go to push off uh, the ground and start pulling myself uh, up this rock with a 15 kilo pack on my back. And all of a sudden I've described what I would feel a knife going through the front of my quad. And at that point, I just scream at the top of my lungs. The pain was so excruciating. Now, little life tip. If you ever scream in the bush, yell at the top of your lungs, it gets people's attention. Guys are like, you know, asking questions, messages coming down the hill. What's like, what's wrong with Dubsy? And to save face, to save my reputation, I said, oh, it's just a prickle. (laughs) Just hit the wrong spot. 
I thought, I just, I just need to get to the top. I just get to the top and we'll move forward. Try to pull myself up again. But once again, the pain is just too great. I can't even move. A mate behind me notices that I'm not doing okay. And doesn't just observe that I'm not doing okay. He speaks up and says, hey, Dubs, like what's going on? You don't seem to be yourself right now. And I told him a little bit about what's going on, but I said, I can do this. And he's like, no, we need to help you. Like we need to take that pack off. Let us help carry the load. I said, no, no, in my stubbornness, no, I can do this. But once again, I try to pull myself up again and I just can't do it on my own. At this point, a few more guys have noticed and a few have come down to see what is going on. And they decided because the sun is setting, we need to get moving. The fastest solution is to take the pack off my back. And I reluctantly let him and a few other guys help me in that situation. They even came up with a strategy to pull me up the side of the mountain because I didn't have the power in my legs. And you know, the reason why I was able to get to the top of the mountain was because someone noticed that I was not doing okay. They didn't just observe it and go, oh, that's just no good for them. They actually spoke up. They actually said something about what they had seen. Because you know what? If they hadn't noticed what was going on, the potential would be I could be stuck at the bottom of this mountain in the, in the Grampians. But also, I would have struggled through the pain and the situation that I found myself in. Yet when someone notices what another person is going through, it actually provides the opportunity for the circumstance to be different, for there to be a shift in what is happening. Yet sometimes when we hear or notice about someone else potentially struggling, we can have a variety of responses. We could be proactive and move towards them, or we can do nothing at all. We can hear that maybe someone is struggling or wrestling with something in their life and it goes in one ear and out the other. Or we hear about something, we're moved in the moment going, I want to help them, but then we don't follow through on just being moved. Or we decide not to get involved because we look at someone else's life, we look at someone else's situation and we decide, you know what, it's a bit too messy. It's a bit too complex. It's a bit too complicated. It's out of my league. I don't want to get involved. But sometimes it can be the opposite when it comes to relationships. Sometimes we can actually move towards people. Sometimes we can actually speak up about what we see and notice happening in the life of the other person, but we get the shutdown response. They shut us down. They say, hey, this is not your place or you've misheard or you've misseen what has been going on here. And they say, I don't need any help at all. And that can generate tension in us. When we move towards someone, when we want to be part of restoring a relationship or helping restoration take place in the struggle that they are facing, that can generate tension because we're moving towards, we're wanting to help. Yet as Christians, I believe we are called to look out for others, to care for others, to look out for the one and not just to look out for ourselves. And this, this idea, this concept of looking out for others can feel really countercultural because the narrative of our world is to put ourselves first, our needs, our desires, our agenda, our aspirations before anybody else. But you know what? Being a disciple turns that all on 
its head. And the way that Jesus operates, the way his disciples are to operate, are counter to the culture and the world that we find ourselves in. Jesus emphasized the importance of looking out for others in Matthew 22, 39, when he says this, love your neighbor as yourself. Paul put it like this in Galatians when it comes to uh, carrying the weight. He says this, carry each other's burdens. And in this way, you will fulfill the law of Christ. Let's keep building this biblical narrative. We look at another example in Philippians 2, uh, starting at verse 2. Do nothing out of selfish ambition or vain or conceit, rather in humility, valuing others above yourself, not looking at your own interests, but each of you to the interests of others. And you know what? I think sometimes the biggest challenge when it comes to noticing others and serving others is actually getting beyond ourselves, looking beyond our interests, our agenda, our wants, our desires. And if we're going to be a people, if we're going to be a community of faith who experience restoration, who facilitate restoration in the lives of others, we need to get our eyes off ourselves. And we actually need to look around and take notice of what is happening around us in the lives of other people. To those that are closest to you and to those you don't even know. Which leads me to this question, how can we notice other people and how can we be part of facilitating restoration based on what we see happening in the lives of other people? And today we're going to sit in Luke chapter 7. We'd love for you to open your Bibles with me and to read along. We're going to be looking at six verses together. Luke 7 verse 11 to 17. But let me just set the scene for us before we jump uh, into the text. Pretty much we come into a story where Jesus notices a woman. He doesn't ignore her. He doesn't ignore what she is going through, but he actually moves towards her and helps in this situation. Now, this story goes down when Jesus is passing through the town of Nain, which is near Nazareth. And Jesus comes into the town and he's met with a funeral procession. Let's join in from verse 11, Luke chapter 7. It says this, Soon afterward, Jesus went to a town called Nain, and his disciples and a large crowd went along with him. As he approached the town gate, a dead person was being carried out, the, the only son of his mother, and she was a widow. A large crowd from the town was with her. Verse 13, When the Lord saw her, his heart went out to her and he said, don't cry. Then he went up and touched the bear. They were carrying, they were carrying him on and the bearer stood still. He said, young man, I say to you, get up. The dead man sat up and began to talk and Jesus gave him back to his mother. They were all filled with awe and praise God. A great prophet has appeared among us, they said. God has come to help his people. The news about Jesus spread through Judea and the, the surrounding country. So from this text, I just want to draw out three things that we can do to notice others. If you're taking notes, I'll be to write this down. The first thing is this, is to have an awareness. If we're going to notice others, we need to have an awareness of what is happening around us. And to be aware, we need to have our eyes and ear, ears open to what is happening. To be aware of what people are saying and not saying when we're having a conversation with them. To be aware of how people are living 
and behaving, to be aware of what people are projecting, maybe through social media um, platforms. What are they projecting publicly and privately? And based on what we see, based on what we hear, can inform what we do next. Let's come back to the text, Luke chapter 7. Jesus takes notice of a woman as he's traveling into a town. He takes notice that there is a funeral procession taking place. He's taking notice that there is a mother grieving the loss of her son. Now, when Jesus notices this woman, there's plenty going on. There is a crowd around Jesus. There is hustle and bustle and noise around him. But there's also a crowd around this woman. There are people gathering around her. So there's lots of people in a similar space. And even though there's lots of people around, Jesus still sees her. He doesn't just go to his mates, oh, look, that's a, that's a really sad situation. I, I feel for that mother and move on to the next thing. Now he stops and acknowledges. You know, come back into the text, Luke 7 verse 13. The Lord, the Lord saw her. She had caught his attention and he was going to do something about this situation. He was going to do something about what he had seen. Yet I wonder, what do we do when we notice someone else is in need? Would we walk up to them? and offer some support and care? Or do we just walk by? We don't want the interruption. Yeah, when it comes to noticing what's happening in others, sometimes it's really obvious. You can see clearly the situation. Like in this situation, a grieving mum, it's obvious to see what her need is and the support she needs. But sometimes when it comes to noticing the needs of others, sometimes it isn't as obvious. Sometimes it's more subtle by someone withdrawing and isolating over time, or someone shutting down and shutting out, or someone masking what's really going on in their life and world. And when we notice things happening in someone's life, we're, we're faced with a choice. Do we move towards that person? Do we move towards the need that they are navigating their way through, or do we just go past it? Do we go closer, or do we go further away to maybe the situations, the struggles, the mess that other people could be navigating. You know, I'd love you just for a moment just to close your eyes, wherever you are, just to close your eyes. And I'd love you to, to reflect on all the relationships that you have. Matter of fact, even push it out a little bit. The people that are connected to you, the people that you walk past in the corridor of your workplace, through to the, the people that you sit in a uni lecture with, maybe a classroom, maybe on a sporting field. Think about all the places you have connection with people. And I want you to take a moment to reflect on what do you see happening in the lives of those around you? What are you seeing? What are you hearing? What are you observing? through someone's body language. Wander your mind through all of those corridors, through that house, through that schoolyard, through that workplace. Who are the, the names, the faces that are popping up right now? Relationships, some close, maybe some far. 
Maybe the same person that just ends up being in the cafe the same time as you. What do you see happening in the lives of other people? And based on what you see, how could God use you to be the one to move closer and potentially facilitate restoration? You can open your eyes. The second thing is by acknowledging what's going on and what they are facing. You know, for Jesus, he takes the step from noticing to connection, from noticing to connection with this woman. He moves physical spaces from being far away to being close and engaging with her. We read about it back in Luke 7, uh, 13. You can jump in there. When Jesus saw her, his heart went out to her. Now, quick time out. You know, as I was reading these, these words in, in Luke 7 that his heart went out to this woman, I had this sense that there's people in the room that you need to hear these words for yourself, for your situation, for your struggle, for the circumstance that maybe you're in personally. I just really sensed that you needed to hear that his heart goes out to you, that he sees you, that he notices you, that you are known in the wrestle and the struggle that you are facing. I just really sense to tell people today that you're not alone. And maybe that's for you. And maybe you need to write that down, that as Jesus' heart went out to this woman, that his heart would equally go out to you. Back to the story. So Jesus notices her, connects with her, and says, don't cry. Now, little life tip, little 101. If you come across someone and you don't have a relationship with them, you're like, oh, they're, they're looking quite emotional, maybe don't lead out with don't cry. Like little, like, like little life tip. Like Jesus, son of God, he, he, he rolls to his own beat and he can like cover it from there. He's, he's, got it, he's got it well covered. But I know if I was in that situation, I was being emotional. Someone I didn't know came up and put their, you know, their arm around me at TTP. Don't cry. I'll be like, who are you? It probably wouldn't hit the same spot. But really what Jesus is doing is he's actually communicating care. He's communicating comfort to this woman. He's acknowledging what she is going through. He's not trying to fix the situation straight away. He's acknowledging, he's feeling what she is feeling through his words and actions. He's demonstrating compassion, which is a common practice of Jesus, where he commonly had compassion on those that had need, those that had sickness, pain, brokenness in their life. He would have compassion on them. Yet do we do the same? Are our eyes open to see what is happening around us in the lives closest to us and those that are furthest away? And how can we demonstrate care and compassion to those in our world? Because if we're going to be part of facilitating restoration in people's lives, it's got to start with demonstrating care and compassion for another person. The third one is this, is action action, to do something about what we see. And for us to action what we see, it might involve us needing to make the first move. Making the first move towards that person, being brave, being courageous to share what we see happening in the life of another person. So come back, Luke 7, we see Jesus, he sees her, he comforts her, and then he goes and raises this boy from the dead. He meets the need. He steps into the situation. He stepped into the need and did something 
about it. Jesus didn't stay away. He didn't make prejudgments about this woman or about this crowd going, you know what, today's maybe not a good day for me to step into this situation or do something. He doesn't go, it looks complicated. It looks too messy. No, Jesus moves towards the woman. Yet I wonder where do we need to do the same? To move towards action, to not just notice something in the life of another person, but actually to go do something about it. You know, I remember a key moment in 2020 when, yeah, it's 2020, it's like, man, COVID years just blew your brain, but 2020. And I remember this key moment when Laura came and sat next to me and had a really honest conversation about some things that she had been observing. She pretty much starts the conversation with this. It seems like you're not yourself lately. You don't seem okay. That's a great conversation with a spouse, isn't it? (laughs) But pretty much the way that uh, 2020 started, what a blur that was, but the aspect of like, you know, you have all this COVID stuff, some other things are happening in my own personal life and world, and it all started to wear me down and to wear me out, to be honest. And old strategies of, of navigating things just didn't seem to work uh, anymore. And I was getting really stuck and I just didn't know what to do. So Laura comes alongside on this one Saturday afternoon as I'm just sitting at the edge of our bed and has this honest conversation. I notice that you're not yourself. And in this conversation, just kind of, reflects a few things that she'd been seeing over a a pattern of a few months. She goes, I'm seeing you do this. You're reacting like this. Maybe it's worth you going to talk to someone. And stubborn me, like you would have heard in that first story. I was like, no, babe, I've got this covered. (laughs) But she just pressed a little bit. She entered in with care. She entered in with compassion. We kept going back and forth. And so I said, all right, I'll have a conversation with our GP, which um, we have a really good relationship with our GP. Uh, Have young kids and you may appear there regularly. And um, I'm always trying to get like some perks because I feel like, you know, surely the amount of times I come to this clinic, there should be some like, you know, speed aisle or some exclusive lounge that I can go into. I'm here so often. (laughs) But I remember um, doing a telehealth phone call and just chatting through a few things. And she says, Nathan, I see you a lot because you just come in with your kids and um, I can even say in a short time that I'm interacting with you, you're just not yourself. Something's something's not there. And so we chatted a little bit around that and she said, I I reckon it's worth you taking one step further and go chat to a professional. You're missing some strategies that could help. And I said, yep, okay. So then came and chatted to Shell about what was going on in my life and world, like turn up the next day to work, say, hey, here's a few things. I I just need to to navigate these old strategies of processing things ain't working anymore. And made a time and I I saw a professional. And you know what? It was one of the best things that I did because sitting, debriefing, but then also getting new strategies actually helped me navigate what was in front of me in that moment. But it hasn't just served me for a moment, it continues to serve me today. And it all started when someone noticed. Noticed that something was just a little bit off. Noticed that someone was not being themselves. That actually led to a key restoration in my life. 
but it started with one person noticing. So I wonder, who's in your life? Who's in your world? Who's that friend, that neighbour, co-worker, spouse, parent, sibling? And what have you noticed happening in their life? What have you noticed happening in them or around them? Are they withdrawing? Are they isolating? Are they struggling? Are they run down? Are they anxious? Are they shutting out? What are you seeing and noticing in the lives of other people? And what are you going to do with what you've noticed? Because here's what I know. We, We all have a part to play. We all have a part to play to facilitate restoration in this broken world that we all find ourselves in. And if there's only one thing you remember out of everything that we talk about today, when it comes to noticing others in the context of relationships, I want you to remember this one thing, and it's this. Move towards and not away. Move towards people. Move towards circumstances. Move towards situation. Move towards what individuals or groups of people are trying to navigate. Move towards what you see. Move towards what you notice and do something about it. How about we pray together?